0: We're gathered here this morning because 2,000 years ago, the tomb was empty. Now, the fact that the tomb of Jesus was empty that Easter Sunday morning is a fact of history. It's recorded in the history books, not just the Christian history books, but even the history books written by those who were enemies of the early Christians record that the tomb was empty. So the pagan Roman historians like Tacitus record this fact. The Jewish historians like Josephus record this fact. The tomb of Jesus was empty. The body was not there. Now the fact that the tomb was empty came as a surprise to the disciples of Jesus. Even though the Lord Jesus had predicted it many times, the Gospels say, as we heard, that they were slow to understand. And so they were surprised that the tomb was empty. And that in itself, the fact that it's recorded in the Gospels, is very significant. Because it indicates to us just how reliable the Gospels are as documents of history. The fact that they record things that makes the disciples look bad. You know, the disciples were the leaders in the early church. And yet here the Gospels record things about them that aren't flattering. The Gospels record that they were, the phrase they're slow to understand, with respect to that, record other times when they quarrelled among themselves and other things that weren't flattering. That the Gospels are, they write these things down because they write down what happened. They're reliable documents as a matter of history. So the empty tomb was a surprise to the disciples. It was a surprise to Mary Magdalene, the first to go to the tomb. It was a surprise to Peter and John, who came running after she said that it was empty. And it's the same pattern again and again that we'll hear throughout the Sundays of Eastertide. That the Lord, when he appears to them, and there's a total of 515 recorded witnesses in the Gospels and the rest of the New Testament, It's the same pattern each time that the disciples are filled with joy at seeing the risen Lord, but they're also surprised. And they were right to be surprised because people don't rise from the dead. And yet here was someone who did. And who was this man who rose from the dead? Well, as we heard St. Peter in our first reading describe it in that sermon he gave um, to the crowd, that the Lord Jesus had for three years gone about doing good and curing people. He had preached the gospel calling people to repentance and a change of life. He had offered people forgiveness for their sins. And he claimed for himself that he had the authority to do what only God could do, namely to forgive sins. And because he claimed the authority of God as his own, he was condemned as a blasphemer, put to death, and crucified. And yet, three days later, the tomb is found to be empty and not just this but for a further 40 days he appeared to at least 515 witnesses recorded in the new testament there may be other witnesses that aren't recorded but 515 are and these witnesses they didn't they didn't just see an illusion they didn't just see a ghost So we heard St. Peter describe there, they ate and drank with him. They physically touched his resurrected body. As we'll hear in the Gospel next week, St. Thomas puts his hand into the wound in his side and puts his finger into the holes made by the nails in his hand. It wasn't an illusion, it was a, a resurrected, glorified body they saw. So these witnesses, these witnesses, what did they gain by telling people that they saw someone had risen from the dead? Well, they gained doubt and derision and persecution and martyrdom. They didn't have any reason to make this up. They they suffered for proclaiming what they'd seen. So what did they gain? Well, what they gained is the same thing that you and I can gain if we accept their testimony. Namely, the hope, the hope of a better life, eternal life. And living in the knowledge of that life changes how we experience this life, how we live in this world. It empowers us, as we heard in our second reading, to look for the things that are in heaven, in heaven where Christ is. That he is your true life. That if we die to self, if we die to sin, then we can live to Christ, live in Christ. And he is your life. If we will but let him be so. So inside your newsletter today there's a yellow sheet that summarises some of the reasons why we know that Jesus did truly rise from the dead. There's also in the porch available a free little book uh, called The Case for Easter uh, by an American journalist called Leo Strobel. He is a journalist set out to disprove Christianity. He set out as a journalist to examine the evidence. And yet as he examined the evidence, he changed his mind. And he came to be convinced that the tomb was empty because Jesus had risen. And the witnesses were believable in what they claimed to have seen. It's not just a myth. It's not just wishful thinking. Accepting it and accepting him can change our lives if he will but accept the evidence.